So I got a, I got a question for you, Caleb. Yes, sir. If there's two guys on the moon, and one guy kills the other guy with a rock. A moon rock, I'm uh, assuming. Is that fucked up? Well, why wouldn't it be fucked up? That sounds like murder. I just, I don't know. I heard that question answered. Are they stranded on the moon? <laughs> yeah, well, I see, and that, see, because like I, uh, I told you before recording, I heard that on another podcast, like a, you know, a fan asked them that, and it, it, it was just pretty funny, and I thought, you know, that's something, because they had the same kind of questions, like, well, is the rock, is it a, is it a moon rock, or is it a rock from Earth? Because if it's a rock from Earth, then it's premeditated. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's why I was, that's why I asked, if it's a. The Earth Rock, that's definitely premeditated murder. Um, that sounds like we should write a story. Ooh, I would like that. I, hmm. It's like the Cain and Abel of, of, of moon stuff. Well, we got to break it down. Like, why was there murder? And also, murder would be pretty easy. You just have to crack the guy's... Yeah. Was he just being, like, really shitty? Yeah. Was he, like, an anti-Semite? Yeah, I don't or know. Or was he, uh, perhaps he just kept farting and they were sharing the same air Maybe, hose? yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of questions, but I think anyway, you cut it, it's still murder. Right. Unless the guy had the space madness and he uh, was protecting himself. Maybe. Brendan Stimpy has taught me anything. Space madness is real, <laughs> and you have to uh, nip that in the bud or it'll get out of control quick. And the last thing you want to do, yeah, actually, the last thing you want to do is probably get murdered on the moon. Yeah. Because then, like, I feel like if you're strong enough, you could just yeet the body off into space. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, and just, they just go floating away. No evidence. Because I don't think you really could decompose on the moon. There's no, no bacteria to eat you. Yeah, you just get really frozen. Yeah. And then if, you know, if you could shatter, I guess. Maybe. You'd get yucky for sure. Maybe, especially if you just, like, murdered them and then Ooh, dumped the, them in a crater. Or the best part, even if you send them to Earth, by the time he, you know, entered the atmosphere and stuff, there'd be nothing left. I mean, if you wanted to get away with the murder, say it's an astronaut team of two guys, for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, whatever reason. Uh, unless you murdered the whole crew. I don't know. I'm not judging. How many rocks are there? Just saying, you know, Buzz is sitting there, Neil Armstrong is getting all the glory. Uh, fuck you, Neil. Hammer! <laughs> and then he doesn't say anything. They go back, you know, he goes back and brings Neil with him. And then when they're going, oh my god, on the landing, he just blasted his head off the... And then, you know, he fucking hit something. What are you yelling about? It's, it's fucking not... It, you have an hour. You have an hour before it's that time, sir. Nice to know what kind of fan you are. Just whatever gets him to shut up. <laughs> Don't you want him to shut up? Well, my dog has forced dinner an hour <laughs> early, so I guess we'll end that there. Well, hello there. It seems you have stumbled upon the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. Will we be discussing writing in this episode? Probably not. We've had a good bit of uh, real episodes lately, I feel. I think last week might have been a DBS, but even that was productive. Yeah. Talked about our writing or lack of writing or whatever. But today, we're talking about books, man. I need a cool intro, second intro music. For yeah. So that I can scrap up. Anyway, I'm your host, Caleb James the guy that you know the most with me today as always my co-host my enabler spencer the pittsburgh penny pincher church mm. i was pushing that off because i couldn't think of anything so you're a penny mm. pincher no what am i enabler of like just everything or 
Nothing good. Yeah, well, yeah, Not because the neighborly. You never hear anybody being an enabler of something good. Man. It's always for a negative thing. I was just skipping the gym a lot, and he just was like, nah, man. I'm you don't gonna, need to work I'm out. enabling you yeah. to go to the gym. No, it's always like, hey, if you want to do meth, that's cool. You yeah. just do it on my couch in yeah. the basement. Just make sure you give me some. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about books, man. More specifically, the books we've read in the last year. We didn't really. We probably should do this around New Year's. Yeah. And we just very poorly thought out New Year's episode. I think we did. I don't even remember what our New Year's episode was. I think we did drink something, maybe. How about highs and we'll still we'll just do highs and lows. How about that? Because I read a lot of books over the last yeah. year. What were some of your recent reads that you enjoyed? And then we'll just go backwards from there. Uh, we're mo- maybe we can throw some trades in there, but I, I think yeah. mainly novels. Yeah, would be the yeah. Way to go. Keep it short. Yes. Um, let's see. I, I I just finished not too long ago The Outsider. Oh yes, yes. That was really awesome. Um, by one Mr. Stephen King. Yes. I mean, that's where a good majority of my novel novels are going to be, you know, on this list because I'm, I'm very close to, uh, to being actually caught up. I only got about like three or four more left, I think. So I'm probably going to be trying just to get those. That's why I like trying to read the whole bibliography of dead guys. Yeah. Because then, <laughs> then I don't have to worry about new shit coming out. Yeah. I can just get it and then be done. So I'm fairly close on a few authors myself of, uh, completing the collection some are easier than others a lot of authors i find have had like 50 plus books yeah it's like jeez mm. stephen king though that's a he's up into the, like the high 60s maybe close to 70 i think you yeah and that doesn't count short stories and stuff yeah but yeah that and then um i also read the trilogy the the mercedes mercedes killer trilogy that kind of yeah the mercedes not, trilogy. not lit up to that but the character of uh, Holly Gibney originated in that series and then found her way into the... Did you read all three of those this year? Uh, I think... Not the first one. I think I started the first one. Like, I started the first one, like, I think about, like, probably, like, a couple months before that, like, probably would have been the beginning yeah. of that year. And then, you know, read some stuff and then... Because I missed the middle book somewhere. Uh, like, for some reason, I just didn't pick it up, so I had to buy, like, a cheap uh, paperback. So, like... I read then I read that and then like once I read the second one I read the third one you know I was right. I was all in at that point. Um, my most recent books, uh, the one I've been talking about, which actually segues perfectly for our next episode. I don't know if I'm going to publish this one first or that one, but we have uh, Nicholas Oberon coming uh, on the podcast here soon, and uh, I started talking to him because I read his book Blue Light Yokohama. That was the last novel I finished. And that was really good. That was like a no- Japanese noir crime fiction. Yeah, I'm, you started reading that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm currently reading that right now, and yeah, it, it's been a blast. It's a, uh... it's more because we also just what was it, last month we did the big sleep. Yeah, and that's that's only like 170 or 200 pages yeah. or something. That was a quick read, but because uh, what I also wanted to do, the reason why I picked up his book is because I wanted to read like you know the original noir and then see what modern noir is because I haven't, I'm not really too familiar with the genre. I haven't read a lot of it, and. Uh, it was definitely, I feel like Blue Light Yokohama had a lot more literary merit versus the, uh, like the Big Sleep because that was definitely pulpy, and this mm. book is not pulpy. Like this could just be, I mean, it's still crime fiction, but it, it had a lot of cool shit in it. I really enjoyed. A couple other highlights from this year: I read To Kill a Mockingbird. Finally, pretty damn good. I actually gave it five stars, and I really give out five stars, but I really like that book. Uh, what didn't get five stars, which we covered on the podcast, me and Ashley, was the. Uh, the shitty 
poopy, phony-filled catcher in the rye. I uh, I finally this the last this last weekend I uh, listened to those episodes. Yeah. And uh, did you ever got you guys ever get around to taking your shots for that or we couldn't because I think I, I kept track, but the word phony was like a hundred and thirty or was forty ridic- something. It times. was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That needless to say, uh, even if I was a young man and read that, I, I don't I don't see the hype. I also read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, another five-star book for me. That was excellent. I promise you folks, not all the books I read are classic fiction, but I do. I have so many. Yeah. I'm trying to get through them. Um, I'm currently in the middle of Moby Dick, which I keep stopping and reading other shit because I'm reading Nicholas Oberon's last book. uh, Not his newest book, but the the sequel to Blue Light Yokohama. uh, What was the title of that? Sins and Scarlet or something. But, um... Oh, that one's out too. Yeah. Okay, because I remember three, he actually has three, but the third one's a UK only. Okay, because I, I I remember like whenever I went to get it, and it was like an ad for the second one, but I didn't remember if it was like a coming, you know, yeah, coming the, or if it was an actual thing that was actually out. The second one is more of a, it's it's more like a big sleep style because it's set in LA. Oh. Yeah, he's in LA now, the main character and stuff. That should be interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I do have some trades here, too. We read The Infidel. It was okay. I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy. That one I was very conflicted about because I really liked the story, but I did not like the writing. Mm. I felt the... I mean, the writing actually did fit the story, but if if I read any other work that was written in Cormac McCarthy's style like that, I'd be like, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. Use apostrophes, goddammit. <laughs> like, why is there no commas? Like... Who, who, why did you write it like this? But definitely worth the read. Uh, I'll say you want to check that out. I don't know. Obviously, one of the highlights of the year for me was The Coming of Conan the yeah. Sumerian. I really like those uh, stories. Even some of the ones when they got a little bit racist and we kind of had to look the other way on them. But for the most part, they were still yeah. enjoyable. Um, you mentioned you read Of Mice and Men. Finally. Yeah, I finally got around to, to reading, that, reading that. I don't know, like... I I think you know I went through that one pretty quick with a it was good but like I also I think a good chunk of that was also because like they actually did a really good job of like of adapting that to the movie yeah like you know what I mean like it was like really faithful for the most part so like it's, it's kind not, of a hard story to fuck up yeah you also you didn't get into other Steinbeck did you just of mice no and so far just mice of men yeah uh, I'll give you some recommendations off air. You also read some HP Lovecraft. You've been yeah. dipping your toes in that, yeah, and you found my problem of yeah. can't you can't read them all at once. Yeah, I'm about like twenty six or seven percent through HP Lovecraft. Yeah, it's a hard which could go. be one story <laughs> depending on what story you read. They're hard reads, but some of them are obviously more some of them more enjoyable than others. But I found almost all of them enjoyable. There's a couple stories I read where I was like, I don't give a fuck what's happening. This sucks. But I read them all. And again, I only read the, the complete Cthulhu mythos, which was huge. Yeah. But he does have other stories that aren't set in that universe. I have not read those. So I can't uh, say I read all of his work. Oh, uh, I heard this on a different podcast. Because one of the one of the listeners, it wasn't like it, it wasn't a like a writing podcast, but like the one of the hosts, he liked the uh, H.P. Lovecraft like stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the other guest, he I guess he just got done reading some, and he they had this like little mini debate about like, do you think like the one didn't like didn't think that H.P. Lovecraft was actually a good writer? 
you know, like you'd have these ideas, but like everything was always like um, undescribable yeah. and like, you know. That's actually a good point because if you break it down, um, he's very verbose. It's hard to follow what he's saying a lot of the times. You'll find yourself just kind of, rather than understanding what he's saying, you're kind of just putting things together through context. And, uh, yeah, he so I it almost that, does feel cheap because a lot of the stuff he doesn't describe. Right. So, like, I didn't know with that. I don't know if necessarily describe you as, like, a huge fan, but I know you've read a good chunk of his stuff, too. I was wondering what you, you know, what your thoughts on... If I read a modern writer like a modern horror story, and they said the monster was undescribable, I would be pissed. Yeah. I would be like, this is fucking dog shit. What do you mean it's undescribable? <laughs> um, it worked better, like, in the color out of space when he's talking about the color. It's like pink or something, like a pink or red, but it's not. Like, it's a new color. Okay, that's fine to say you can't really describe that, but why are all the monsters indescribable? Why is all the geometry, uh, cyclopean uh geometry that you can't explain like i could get okay it's cyclopean you kind of get like this weird angles image in your head but what do you mean you can't describe it how could you not describe like architecture and then could you imagine reading it back then because you know like a lot of those words especially for names of people and places whenever he went with like like the more like arabic yeah like things because you know people back then probably and it was didn't all know, pulp magazines yeah. and you know people back then probably didn't know much about like that yeah about that stuff they probably like, well that's the, probably what, what caught the hell their, is this honestly that's probably what caught a lot of their imagination is because they were like, ooh, what do you mean? a story set in Egypt? All I know is, you know, maybe if there's mummy stories going yeah. around at the time. But uh, with the whole Pulp Fiction thing, it's just, uh, I mean, I don't feel like those would have been the most sophisticated readers to begin mm. with. Like, not to generalize, but people weren't big readers back then yeah. for the most part. And the ones that were reading novels uh, usually were wealthier class. So, like, his writing style, it's kind of hard to say. Oh, I mean, he didn't have a lot of success when he was alive. Yeah. He wasn't famous till after he was dead, and then somebody dug up his work, uh, kind of like Kafka-esque there with, uh, you know, becoming famous after he died, which would fucking suck. Mm. It's almost pointless. But um, even like Cthulhu and stuff, when you think about the description of it, it's kind of very vague. Yeah. It's like kind of modern artists just made Cthulhu cool looking, but... Mm. You didn't know if he was cool. You know, he, he described the smell. Yeah. And yeah, he described his smell, and I think he was like slimy or fishy. And now, Shadows over Innsmouth, I believe he describes the people. Yeah. And they're yeah. very, like, I, so I wouldn't say you could say he's a bad writer for his lack of description because he shows, he has shown in certain stories like that one. He when can do it. He can do it. It's So I don't know if it was necessarily laziness or it's just the style, which obviously it works, but. You know, everybody talks about it's hard to make an H.P. Lovecraft movie because mm. you can't describe anything, and how do you do you that? You have nothing to show. Yeah. If I had to rate H.P. Lovecraft, um, is out of all the writers I've read so far, I'd give him either C plus or a B minus. Because while I enjoyed the stories, I, ne- I can't say I particularly like his writing style. I do think it's too verbose. I think there's so much detail that doesn't need to be in it, and then when you want the detail, it's, it's not, not there. Yeah. It's like a workout. Like yeah. you shouldn't be tired after you get done reading it. When you finish reading his whole collection, though, I feel like you have reached another level of readership. Yeah, you uh, have upgraded, and now when you read any giant John Steinbeck book, you just breeze through it. Whenever you read, uh, I, I don't know Hemingway or even Fitzgerald or well, any well, any time that whenever I go get on like an H.P. Lovecraft and I read a couple of stories. Whenever I get back to reading something else, 
as it be a a novel or a comic or like a graphic novel. You just yeah, through it. just go through it pretty quick. And it feels like your comprehension is better. Yeah, because you can actually look. Oh wait, these are words that I yeah. know. Because <laughs> the H.P. Lovecraft stuff, you really have to kind of focus on what he's talking, like what you're reading, so you can understand at least some of it. Because if you don't, because you have, like, we've both done it many times where you're kind of tired. Just, yeah. So you're reading. But say you're reading a Stephen King or something, you can get the gist of what you're reading without missing too yeah. much by just skimming. Not skimming, but just lazily reading. But if you do that with H.P. Lovecraft, you'll literally go through the whole page and be like, I don't know what I just read at all. And like a lot of his stories, you can't read in one sitting. No. Most of them, uh, again, I mean, you got the Kindle edition, but I yeah. showed you my book version. Yeah. The print is tiny. So it's like three pages worth of print on one page. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The only other person I can really compare, which is no surprise since that was his inspiration to be a writer, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. No, he inspired uh, Lovecraft. So when you read a lot of Poe, especially his early work, it also has that very hard-to-read kind of what-the-fuck's-happening. And he'd throw in a lot of French and even German, so you're like, oh, God. And now that I'm reading Melville, Melville, way easier to read in regards to comprehension but the boring level, <laughs> oh my god, the chapters on whaling, the fucking nautical nonsense. Oh, why? Nautical nonsense. Is the nautical funny. nonsense. That's all I can say. I don't need all of this bullshit in my story. I bet you if I broke Moby Dick down to just, like, I'm sure somebody online has done it, to just the chapters that are the actual story, it's probably more than half of the book would be cut out. <laughs> and it's like, that is, like... How did this get printed? This could have, was this a novel at first? Because if it was, nobody would buy it. And if it was in magazines or newspapers or whatever, like you know, serialized, imagine coming up. Oh man, there's another chapter on whaling. I'll just wait for the next. Like nobody would read it. So I, I'm re- I want to finish Moby Dick. Just say I did it at this yeah. point, but it's fucking poop. Was it? Was it? Uh, was it within this year that we read that we read the black? Was that within this year? Why not? It seems like it was. Uh, yeah, if not, we, if it was close. Yeah, we read Paul E. Cooley's The Black, which we covered on the podcast too, folks. And that was very cool because mm-hmm. that was our that was a, both a first for us in regards to a uh, like a techno thriller. Yeah, because it was horror. What well, we tried to describe this before it's like horror. So many genres. It's horror. It's like tech thriller. It's uh, not hard sci fi, but it does have those elements. And again, with the tech stuff. And, uh, you know, got a bunch of guys on an oil well rig, and you learn a lot about oil well rigging, but it's interesting. Yeah. And what was, I think what was good about reading, reading that is that it's a good example, or like, at least I don't know about you, but I kind of like, kind of learned, thought I learned a lot about like, uh, whenever it comes to put our, you know, our stuff out, like, because, you know, like, they're, like, the next tier, yeah, yeah. tier of what we're, like, the writing, that's what, like, that's, like, the next step where we want to get at. Yeah, like, you know, indie publisher, not publishing our own work, but going to, like, an indie publisher, like, a smaller publisher, yeah. that's what he goes through. Uh, who's he with now? He, I think, I think Wasn't he, like, Shadow Press or something yeah, he was always with? And I think he has a... I think, depending on the story, he might have it in different places, Yeah, too. I think, like, his military series, the Derelict series, I think he has with somebody else. We also read Tower of the Dead by Ray yeah. Wink. Fucking, again, for us, which, other than The Walking Dead, which is a, tri- you know, a comic, uh, first real zombie story we read. Yeah. And uh, that was really entertaining. Again, I like reading these weird little genres we normally don't read, because... You learn stuff from me. You yeah. learn the pacing. Uh, the and fortunately, we've been lucky that when we've read these genres, we actually read 
you know, good books yeah. from decent authors. So it's not like we're because uh, I could see us like if we read a zombie book from some hack, uh, and then you may like, oh fuck this genre, yeah. never read it again. Or same with like a techno thriller, like this is really boring. I can understand. Yeah, I've been wanting to. I actually been thinking about starting the uh, the uh, second book in that series here yeah. some soon. But um, I was gonna wait for Halloween. But... Yeah. Well, I see. I was thinking like uh, that's what I was thinking. We would maybe talk about it on Halloween, but like. I wouldn't even want to I'd just wait read it, yeah. so close to Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, we don't have to for Halloween. Um, I also, I think this is the, the second or third book in the tetralogy from Yukio Mishima. I read Runaway Horses. Uh, that was really good. I found, because I think that's the second book. Cause it's like Spring Snow, Runaway Horses. I might be missing one. But uh, that was really good. I read Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. That was that was interesting because the story because that was the first African, uh, like African lit I've read, and the story was pretty good, but the main character wasn't really likable at all. But you kind of understand where the main character's coming from, and then the writing style was unique. Uh, and there was a, but there was a lot of like African. For what I found, like the African folklore and stuff like that, like that that was in there kicked it up extra star for me. I think I gave it four stars. This, that general story itself I didn't find too enthralling, but the other stuff in it was really cool. Ooh, another one I read this year. Was the uh, And I'm, I'm going to eventually have to pick up the other ones. The uh, Books of Blood, Volume 1 mm. by Clyde Barker. Those keep on popping up whenever I get on my Kindle as like recommended things. And I've been I've been really tempted to just, just get well, that. Hey, let me know. I'll let you borrow the first volume. Because that one has, like, the Midnight Meat Train, Rawhead Rex. Uh, I think there's... See, I didn't realize he uh, had so much, uh, like, prose writing, you know? Yeah. Like, I just more... I just That's what he started known, off with. Yeah, more uh, known for, like, the, the movies and stuff like that. I didn't realize he had such... Because isn't there, like, three or four volumes of, that, of those? Yeah. Yeah, he has, uh, he has at least three or four of those. But, um... Definitely worth checking out. Uh, again, if you want to see how to write good horror and uh, really grow, he's very good at like grotesque, like things like gouging yeah. and skin like plowing up when you rip it, like just fucking gross things like yeah. that, which you don't even like. Even Stephen King, you don't really get yeah. that kind of descriptions. His his is more to the gore side of things. These are some short stories. Ah, I read. God help my soul that I read this whole stupid thing. Frankenstein. <laughs> I read shitty Frankenstein, and boy, was that a disappointment. You you have it, but you didn't read it yet, right? right yeah, you, because yeah, your glowing endorsement is just get me way on the edge of my seat to get to it. I'm, I'm not going to say you won't finish it, but if you didn't, I would understand. Because <laughs> Victor Frankenstein is just a fucking lady in distress who constantly is fainting and he just he'll just be ill for like ten chapters, and then like the Frankenstein monster is like just a super smart but very ugly dude who's living in some people's like fucking little shack connected to their house, and he wa- he peeps like a creep through the wall and just learns how to read and speak from them. I guess I don't know. He's a dirty cuck. I mean, yeah, he's a dirty cuck, and that part was kind of interesting. And then obviously with the modern Prometheus angle of like he's super strong. And he just wants to be loved, but he keeps fucking murdering like a dickhead. But you don't ever get the descriptions of the murder. You only get the aftermath. So this is one where you probably like the uh, the at, the old at movie. Way better. But better than the, than the novel. 
And honestly, I don't have a problem with the super smart, very gross, super buff Frankenstein. Like, that's cool if you go that angle, but don't make him like a pompous fucking douchebag. Because that's how he comes off in this. He's just a kind of a douchebag. And uh, main problem, main problem, and I've, in my classic literature group, I've had some dialogue with others who did not feel this way, but I felt it was quite boring. Yeah. Boring with a multiple R's. Boring. <laughs> It was just stupid. I just felt like... It was like when I read Sleepy Hollow, and I'm like, ooh, I'm finally reading Sleepy Hollow. This is going to be cool. Fucking flying pumpkin heads, headless horseman with a sword, and, you know, I'm thinking Christopher Walken from the movie version, all cool looking. And you know what I got? A clack a clack a clack a clack And then just a bunch of nonsense. Ichabod Crane wasn't even wienery, really. It, it's like these gothic horror tales have not... So far, all the gothic horror tales I've read, because I have a collection, I have a Penny Dreadfuls collection, and... Whatever the Frankenstein might be in that collection, I don't remember. But I have a gothic horrors collection. And so far, all the stories I've read have been a goddamn disappointment. Um, I got, like, the werewolf in there coming up, so I'm see how that is. And I've been asking around, and apparently this is far superior to Frankenstein, so I'm looking forward to it, is Dracula. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet because that volume I have is huge. And I assumed Dracula was fucking 800 pages of small text, and I was very disappointed because I'm like, I don't want to read all that right now. Found out that was incorrect. There's a shitload of other stories in that collection. Dracula itself was only like 200-something pages. So I still plan on reading that after I finish my current readings and Moby Dick. But we've got off. How far are you through Moby Dick? Have you hit the halfway point yet? I don't think so, but I am like 300 pages in. How long is it? Like 600 pages. Oh. It feels a lot longer. Would it kill fucking Melville to just throw in a little bit of swashbuckling? Maybe it did. Maybe. There's no, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we get to the swashbuckling later. Maybe there's some fucking... There's a lot of pirate talk, but I haven't got any pirates yet. Mention of pirates. I mean, I know it's not a pirate tale. I get it. They're just fishermen. Whalemen. But it seems like that could be a cool story. You got a grizzled old captain who got his leg ripped off and he wants to go revenge on the whale. That's a superhuman mongoloid whale, apparently. Sounds great. It's not. We fucking... 300 something pages in we spotted the whale i think i think are we might have spotted it are you gonna finish it i'm gonna finish this stupid thing i'll finish it sometime I you know, what, you know what, i can finish this you know what's what's kind of fucked up is that the book moby dick is kind of becoming like you like i gotta do i gotta finish the fucking thing Arr, hear me now. I got to finish Moby Dick before he finishes me, the beast, the cursed monster from the deep. <laughs> Fucking bastard. Hate you, Moby Dick. Yeah. Oh, God, there's so many names. There's just so many fucking people in this boat. How big is this boat? They have so many crew members, and they just all sit... Oh, we got a whole, like, at some point... Do they at least sing? Is there any singing? No, there's no <sighs> singing. They're not allowed to sing. Absolutely not. No yo-ho-ho, no <laughs> bottles of rum, nothing. They don't even have a grog. I don't even know what they drink. Probably turd water. Probably fucking have to drink out of the guy's stump. <laughs> I am very upset, too, because I was re- like Where I finished off at some point, I was reading a bunch of whaling nonsense. And I was like, okay, falling asleep, reading whaling nonsense. Got through ten chapters of that. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the story... But it's not the story. It's like fucking another five chapters of somebody else's story. Some other guys that were crewmen of some boat. And I'm like, this is like the third time this has happened now where the story is diverted into like something that could be a whole other book. And I'm like, oh, 
And then even if it does get slightly interesting, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I want to... Oh, it's over. Oh, it's great. Didn't even have an ending. Thanks, Melville. Don't be a Melville, folks. Maybe, maybe you should just uh, uh, put this to the side. And didn't uh, Hensworth just have like a Moby Dick movie not too long ago? I was going to watch that. See, I like to I like to finish the shitty thing, and then I read the angry reviews on it, and then I watch the movie versions. There's a, a Gregory Peck version I wanted to watch before I watched the Chris Hemsworth version. But now I'm thinking, like, how could they make any movie off of Moby Dick knowing that it's only 20 minutes long if you cut out the whaling nonsense <laughs> and all the nautical nonsense? Fuck, why? Why... Just why? I, I can't even... Even 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with all its non-stop fucking talk about... Like, there was, like, whole chapters dedicated to the naming of fucking sea creatures and Latin and dumb shit. And even that at least had an interesting story. You know, you had Captain Nemo and they're flying underwater and they hit icebergs and they're fighting an octopus. And... That's been something... That's been one I've been wanting to check out for a while. That's a good one. It's worth the read. I mean, skim through the fucking... Again, the nautical yeah, nonsense. Yeah. You can skip through. What was it with dudes back then just having to write in depth about the goddamn sea life and all the technical mumbo jumbo? Like, who cares? Nobody. That's who. Um, word count. That's why. Word count. When did I finish this? Oh, this is only brings me back to October. I uh, read Dr. Sleep. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. I, uh, I gave that five stars. As well as The Shining, because I actually read The Shining right before that. Yeah, I read The Shining. Doctor Sleep, and then I went and saw the movie. Yeah, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed both of them. The Shining was obviously different than the movie, which I expected. Like I knew that was the case going in, and I liked the Shining book better than the movie. I feel, but the movie is obviously a masterpiece. And then the Doctor Sleep, I feel like the movie was a great, even though they changed the ending, it was a great way to capture the book but still make it its own. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed both of those. Um, Now we just gotta get you to uh, read it. Yeah. In the stand. Yeah. How about, like, I know you got a whole bunch of other stuff to read, but how about at least, like, in a year's time, you gotta you gotta fit, like, four to five, like, Stephen King books in there. That's what I've been doing. Because last year I I read Doctor Sleep, I read uh, The Shining, I read that Elevation book, and I read Carrie. That's four. Well, you only read Carrie because I shut it down your throat. I still read it. Yeah. Well, how many have you read this year? We're almost halfway done with this year. How many have you read? Uh, I read the whole Dark Tower series. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm a lion. Hey, I've been doing my part. I've been I've been going back and getting my literary fiction on, you know, doing my part. You know, like, come talk to me after you read fucking Frankenstein. Come talk to me after you read fucking any Melville. <laughs> And then we'll judge your literary merit, Spencer. We also read The War of Art, which yeah. was half good, yeah. half fucking like annoying. What? Yeah, I was like, come on, man. It started off so good. I got real motivated, real pumped up. We also did an episode on that one, folks. And then we just hit that wall where he started talking about some kind of like religious, spiritual stuff. Muses and, and... Yeah, he got a little wonky there. That was uh, Stephen Pressfield. But it's def- that's, I'd recommend people oh, check Oh, definitely check it out, yeah. Yeah, you'll gain something from that. Ooh, another one, which I did not care for this book. It was uh, the original, supposed to be Japanese noir. That's what I read, but it definitely wasn't when I got to it. was, uh, who wrote this? Grotesque by Natsuo Kino. Now it's just about like prostitutes and stuff in Japan, and it was kind of icky. It made me feel icky, and nobody was likable. Uh, would not recommend that one. Uh, See, I uh, 
Uh, I read uh, Joe Hill's um, Nosferatu. Yeah, you were saying that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, if you watch the show, please don't judge it off of that. Um, That's a shame when that happens. I mean, and like, I think, like, if I watch the show with not knowing the, like, with not reading the book, it's it's an okay, it's an okay show, but there's just so there's just certain like key plots and like things from the book that they're just not even like, and, like you know they're just adding people, changing yeah. people's age, ages and stuff like that. It's just you know, which I which I got because originally it was gonna just be a mini series. So okay, you only get like eight episodes. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. But now they extended it. it to like a, yeah, like a second season. So like no, you could have like you could have took your time with this and got you know and got it right. That's saying I'll probably still watch the second season when it comes out, but yeah, it's gonna be poopy. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I would I would recommend that to check that out. It's a good, uh, especially like if you. Um, I've not read any Joe Hill yet, other than uh, some of like Lock and Key and stuff. Well, like yeah, that. I've read like his, his graphic novels and stuff, but uh, that one he wrote with Stephen uh, King, the in the in tall the grass. Yeah, yeah, but, I read did read that, but especially like maybe after you uh, like after you get down with Dracula. Because, like, the bad guy's, like, this vampirist kind right. of, like, you know, he doesn't suck your blood, but, like, he takes, like, the life energy from children. Now, like, did, does Joe Hill's work, is it like Stephen King, where it's almost preferred to read in order because you will get callbacks? Does he do that in his, or can he just kind of skip around? Like, read um, the heart-shaped box, and then, like, Nosferatu, the fire, what was the fire one, uh, Fireman, or? Yeah, well, I've only read up to Nosferatu. That one, that one does have like a, it does like a callback to um, uh, to horns, and it also gives like a callback to his, to to his dad Stephen King's work. Mm. Um, but like not into a fact that like if you didn't read those, you wouldn't be like, what's going on? It's just in this story, there's a magical pathway kind of thing that you know some people can use, and there's a map, and like on that map. It, there's like references like you know what yeah. i mean so nothing terrible like story-wise to where you wouldn't get it but just like cool like oh i know that that that's a thing you know mm. but nothing too terrible um i also read house of leaves which we me and ashley covered and boy boy was that something <laughs> those were fun episodes to listen to too yeah we got a lot of views on, or a lot of downloads on those episodes uh a lot of people seem to share our gripes with that, or maybe I, I like to think we swayed some people to not read it or just hate read it, maybe. And again, that was one of those books. The main story was awesome, the side story was cool, and then the whole rest of it, which was like 500 pages, was nonsense. Uh, I also read Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Thoroughly enjoyable. I uh, every once in a while I like to throw a nice wholesome yeah book in there. Normally you wouldn't think necessarily Neil Gaiman as a wholesome writer if you read like American Gods or something, but this one's about fairies, and it kind of kind of brought me back to like a, a Legend of Zelda type of world almost. Like it was really really fun, and I recommend that anybody could read yeah. that of all ages. That just uh, that reminded me, uh, um, the Good Omens. You read Good Omens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read Good and Omens. And you read The Magicians this year as well, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I think at least, uh, again, I think that was whenever I started the first volume a while ago, and then I read, like, the yeah. second two volumes, like, back-to-back. But yeah, uh, Good Omens was was fun, just, you know, pretty, I haven't watched this show, but, like, I had the previews, so, like, I, you know, watching the previews, I had those guys yeah. in my head while I was reading it, which was kind of cool, uh, which also made me want to go and read, um, some of, uh, 
Uh, what's his name? The other guy he co-wrote that with, um, Richard. Oh shit! I can't think of the guy who he co-wrote that with. But uh, but he 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 passed away a while ago. But I'm gonna check out some of his other work too, so, mm-hmm. you know, and then see if I could go back and kind of figure out who did what. Right. I also read The Strange Library by Haruki Murakami, and that was just a cool book because it was like it folded out and like it just had weird. Uh, it was it was it was just a all around weird story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called Strange Library, and it's about like this kid who going to the library and he ends up in a dungeon. And, like it's got some cool imagery. And then I uh, read Spring Snow by Yukio Mishima, which is the first of that tetralogy. And I think that was everything up to... I mean, I read, like, Ernest Hemingway collection, and we did that Hair of the Dog, which might have been yeah. around a year's time. And say, I, I read uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, so yeah. We could, so, we could talk, so we could talk about it. You know, and that was an experience. That was a fun book. Um, I think I read that more than a year ago. Yeah. But you read it recently, yeah. That, yeah, that's an experience. As far as the highlights go, that was most of mine. I always, every year I read stuff that I kind of forget about that just wasn't really captivating or that good. Like, I've, I read a shitload of uh, classic short stories, uh, some American, some, uh, like, overseas. I read a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe stuff that I haven't read before, like, early his earliest works. Those are all kind of rough. Um, a bunch of those gothic horror tales. I do got the Sweeney Todd I got to read. Demon Barber, but I th- I want to say that was like I might be incorrect because I didn't actually check it, but I th- I think that's like written in song format or something, isn't it? Because that's how the movie was too, I believe. Yeah, well, I just always I just thought they made it a, a musical. Yeah, I, I want to say it was almost like a fucking like one of them poem stories or oh, something. I mean, I could I, I could be a hundred percent wrong. Don't take my word for this, folks. I just for some reason I get that feeling. I think it was like kind of like the Raven, you well, know, like a. Let poem me, story. Let me know that, and I probably won't read it. Ah, uh, you know what? I can tell you right now because I have this thing called the internet on my phone. What? Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Maybe. Well, it was made into a musical, so maybe that's why. Uh, that's where the musical and the movie came from. Oh, come on, you son of a. Ah. Uh, like it's really hard movies. to find the goddamn story. They just want to bring all the other... Bloodthirsty Butchers, that sounds awesome. Sorry. Weird movie. Yeah, because that was like one of the original Penny Dreadfuls, which those are kind of fun. Those are the... They cost a penny to buy them. I wish fucking things still cost a penny. Well, that'd be nice. There's fucking talk about um, comics since like Booth's like, companies are putting out less books that they might try to... Uh, hike the price up to like five dollars a book oh fuck you yeah because that's a good model make less books and charge more then they pe- well i mean these people would be able to it'd they wouldn't have e- as many books to read and make it easier to be like if you just want to be like coming back i want all the marvel books right like you know what i mean it would make it easier uh but yeah that's a lot of interesting things going on right now this is this is highly uh unhelpful I don't know, Spencer. I can't answer your question until I actually look at the story. But um, let's end this episode by what we're going to be reading here soon. Like I said, I have Dracula. We're both going to read that, Spencer. Okay. I want to read Huckleberry Finn. I have the rest of those Yukio Mishima books, and then I'm pretty much done with his bibliography, except for his play stuff. Which I don't like, <laughs> like, I don't like... 
reading plays to begin with, let alone Japanese. You're right. I, I think they're called like no plays or something. Not for me, man. I don't understand them. It's like haikus. I don't, I don't not really, I can't get into haikus either. Uh, you told me I had to read Stephen some, King. Some Stephen King. What Stephen King should I read next? Pet Cemetery. That's, I mean, and that's that's a smaller one. You know what I mean? I say I, have I all, mean, I would really like you to tackle things like the stand and Ed, so we can dissect those. But those are, you know, what I mean. Those are a whole other beast. Those are like thousand pagers, you know. So I can hey, understand, you know, understand not wanting to take those on right now. I'd like you to read The Great Gatsby, yeah. but you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean, like, I mean, I know you've had you've handled some <laughs> some thick books before. Yeah, that's not thick at all. That's a short book. It's dense. It's there's books that are thick and there's books that are dense. Yeah. There's books that are both like oh, one piece yeah, yeah. or like Russian literature, but <laughs> like the thick and dense. Yeah, the Great Gatsby is just dense because of the language in it. You're just like, oh, oh lord. Like H.P. Lovecraft is dense. It's yeah. not necessarily he doesn't have a story that's over 200, 250 words. I don't think. Like that might be his, his biggest story, and it might, might be incorrect. It might not even be that much because he never wrote a novel. Edgar Allan Poe only wrote one novel, so I'm hoping to read that, but it's in that collection. Just, I uh, heard it wasn't very good. Heard it wasn't very good. I don't know, maybe I should, like, fucking write a book or something. Like that. Yeah, good, what good would that do? It's hard to write books when you're reading so many. I'll leave you folks with that. Yeah. If you want to check out the things we actually do write, you can go on over to www.drunkandpenwriting.com. Calm. I don't want the dots. Calm. It sounds different when you say like that. Yeah, yeah, it does. W W W Drunken Pan Writing Calm. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds stupid. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter by hitting the at symbol and then Drunk Pen Writing. And then you got the old Instagram, Drunken Pen Writing. And Facebook, which is Spencer. Drunken pen writing. God damn it, boy! You knew yeah, it. Yeah, it's like you work for the company or yeah. something. Hey, I got you a company credit card, but oh, I maxed okay. it out on hookers. So. Okay. So, uh, so when you get the bill out. in okay. the mail, okay. you'll know why. Uh, anyway, folks. Uh, yeah, we'll check you out later. Bye. See you.